Hello, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for role-playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game, so you'll have to listen to it. Hi, I'm Sammy, I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli, the deep sea mermaid, also uses she, her. Joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I play Moogle Avatar of Alexander Smog. Both of us use he, him pronouns. We are joined today by Carolyn. Hi, I'm Carolyn. I use she, her, her pronouns, and so does my character, Pony, the talking miniature horse, who is not, in fact, a unicorn. All right, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Now that we're all here, Alex, why don't you tell us about the actual play? Previously, in a feat. The soundproofing foam in the studio seems actively hostile to sound, hurting people when they make enough noise. Worldcore finds an office with a soundboard that listens into the studio rooms. As they investigate the foam more, they notice a green sparkling in their periphery when they make noise. Sometimes after they make noise, a door slams or opens, but they do not see anyone. They enter a dark room through the office, which has the master's jade lungs. As they try to take the lungs, it hurts them with a scratching noise, they manage to free it, letting natural light into the studios. Teddy enters in an Elvis outfit to retrieve the lungs. Asiri, damaged and needing a break, asks the party to return to Sequence Charter. Through Tao's building worlds, now an empty theater, the party returns to Clam's karaoke and meets another Tao. Geyser debates her way back into being allowed to the establishment before World Corps teleports to the marine biology labs. Geyser interrupts Sierra's lecture, to find her crab, while Assyria and Smog discuss Assyria's future. So now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. But before we actually get to that, maybe slight content warning, because this is kind of body horror, kind of uh, liminal grossness. If you didn't like the movie Monster House, please leave. <laughs> we wake up in or i guess sleep awake in the world of the lost in the recording studio and all is done as it seems yeah there's something that just feels wrong about being in an office space a studio space with no people it's so explicitly built for people to be walking around in it and nothing being there adds to the horror of it all if the people are not there, what is being recorded? I've been to a recording studio twice in my life, but from what I hear, like recording studios are always have someone in them like 24 seven. For one to not have anyone in it, that's extra creepy. I don't know if this was just an oversight from Dan's description or not. There's like no description of papers anywhere, of like coffee mugs, things that people have been here. It's just like the broad facsimile of a place that is familiar but isn't yeah, it's very utilitarian like we did pick up a notepad because we quickly realized if we can't speak that stops so many of us from communicating yeah even with writing it makes it so that smog had to be a go-between for a siri with sign language and there was still no way to communicate with pony until tau realized they could communicate with their move that lets people communicate regardless of whatever else is going on <laughs> Yeah, Pony was mute for a hot minute. We're going to need to sit down and do like a communication breakdown because 
Half of us can't read. <laughs> Half of us still know sign language. And in a situation where we can't talk, all of us are fucked. Yeah, it was to the point in the middle there where I had Smog saying, like, maybe we should work on the team communication and come back. <laughs> maybe we should teach Pony and Asiri how to read is really... <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I think Pony could learn how to read if she wanted to. Pony is not really one for book smarts. She's definitely a street smarts girl, but she also likes learning and training. So maybe I could trick her into academics. Yeah, that would be a fun little arc since we were back on sequence charter in the present. That you could like go around to either like the library or talk to somebody on sequence charter and see what educational materials are available. Pony needs to do worksheets. I feel like it would be very easy to dangle like video games for Pony to make her learn how to read. That's really good too. <laughs> Especially now that she could control them with psychoglass. Oh my god, yes. She would absolutely destroy Mavis teaches typing. <laughs> <laughs> what could make a Siri care about reading? See, I have a thing, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will refrain, but I do have an idea for that, and I've talked to Dan about it. So. I feel like it would have to do with music. See, I've already toyed with the idea of a Siri already knows how to read music. I feel like the notation that we have for it is mathematical, so it's kind of universal. It's just understanding the symbols, and which isn't that hard. But there's also lyrics. Yeah, there's lyrics, but <laughs> <laughs> is that the important part of the song at the end of the day? I don't know. It depends on the song, I guess. It does depend on the song. I think Asiri would find it important, given what we know about her culture and and singing. That's true, but a lot of their personal songs don't have words. At least not in my head. That's subject to change. But, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of humming and, like, harmonizational parts. We also had a fun moment where we learned that Geyser can read. It's the writing part that's difficult, because... She's learned to communicate completely on contemporary devices. Mm -hmm. So she just held a pencil completely in her fist and made a giant WTF when told <laughs> she couldn't speak. Not gonna lie, I do that when I'm lazy. <laughs> it's not very effective. You write with your fist. Yeah, it's real <laughs> bad. I hate gripping it like that. I gotta do the tripod tip. See, I'm like a lateral quadruped. I hold my pencil like this normally. But I'm also ambidextrous. Both my parents are left-handed. When they write, it's like the claw. I don't know if you've seen that before, so I think it's just an inheritance of that. Anyway, this is probably more detail than anyone cares about. <laughs> <laughs> Would a horse hold a pen like this? Or like this? I don't know. Pony was relatively quiet during this last session. What were they thinking about? Well, Pony was a little bit frustrated that she didn't really know enough sign language to communicate her thoughts. She couldn't understand exactly what Asiri was saying at that one scene, but she got the gist of it. And she was also just a little bit freaked out by those lungs. Like she knew that's what we were <laughs> looking for, but still, it's always a little weird to see disembodied body parts. Yeah, especially in the context where the house wants to eat you, and if you make any noise at all, they'll know where you are and come after you. I know monsters and weird creatures exist in the Shrek world, but what level of monster is Pony used to seeing? So Pony had no idea that this house was like Monster House. 
she was kind of thinking that there were little invisible fairy or brownie or pixie or some kind of invisible spirits in the house taking away people's voices, kind of like tooth fairies, but with breath. I need to do more magical and crypto research because my fairy tale knowledge is a little lax for someone who has a character from a fairy tale world. But no, Pony completely glossed over this whole thing is alive. She was like, when a Siri talked, she got attacked. What attacked her? <laughs> the other times we've been to the world of the lost, the antagonistic force or the occupying force has been representative of a group but had some sort of herd mentality like we have literally animals and then the mannequins like they're a group but they're also representative of one idea Mm -hmm. whereas this felt like a singular entity and it's hard for me to parse out exactly what it's supposed to represent with what we have so far maybe the master will shed more light on that when we talk about the lungs in person well teddy did their best when they arrived to trying to explain all that because they couldn't get in until we finally retrieved the lungs but when assyria was posing questions because none of this shit made any sense to her teddy was like these worlds a shouldn't exist and then b they're settling so they, they're taking up forms that are weird and confusing but are reflections of the places that they were from i don't know what level of settling produces monster recording studio <laughs> Unless it's a very large metaphor for what fame could do to you. <laughs> but Yeah, I was wondering if it had something to do with like an audience, because it seemed like it wasn't producing any sound itself. It was deadening sound. I mean, we've got soundproofing foam acting more literally here. But it didn't quite feel like that, because this is also something in the seat of power. It's just beyond the control room for the whole studio. There's something I feel like I haven't quite put together here yet. Maybe like a symbol for the music industry in itself. Everything has to be padded and filtered through that lens. If, especially if you're already famous, you have to cater to your audience instead of your true voice coming through in some cases. So it just feels like the act of recording in this place is just draining the life from you in a way that's a little bit more potent than singing in the shower, for example. If that's what's in the world of the lost, though, that seems like a pretty stark warning for... What happens if we try to revert things in the world of song? Yes, this is, in a kind of scary way, ruled by the people just going at each other right now. But what happens if you just concentrate all of the power again? What happens when we have the tastemakers and people who make the decisions instead of people battling it out every day? Yeah, I don't know. Definitely something we're going to have to think about when we go back to the world of the song, about like what exactly we want to do with the weight of that culture shift. Like, How are we going to take that energy and transform it into something hopefully more productive and less terrifying than whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I think Assyria and Smog have talked a little bit about what they would like to do regarding the SoundCloud. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Does Pony have any particular way she feels about what should happen to the SoundCloud? What might help the world of song? Did Assyria and Smog kind of settle on destroying the leadership board for the SoundCloud? Smog's idea so far has been we need to have some way of keeping the spirit of it there just not focusing it i think i've mentioned in an earlier episode of the podcast that my idea for now is push the soundcloud into the pyramid that is the place where the soundcloud is important not the entire world 
Yeah, a series a little bit on the fence. Right now she's inclined to go along with what Smug has suggested, but ultimately her want is to help Eupharo revert things back to the natural state of this world, whatever that might mean. But I don't think she wants to completely destroy it either, and I think that's why she's somewhat aligned with what Smug suggested. Pony also doesn't want to completely destroy the SoundCloud because, one, she likes that she's climbed up the rank a little <laughs> bit and likes that her name is a little closer to the top, and two... I don't know. She has a violent streak, but not a destructive streak. And I feel like those two are very different things. She is not the one to make the big decisions for the group. She's more of the fighter who hangs out in the background and then comes out when she's needed. She's a herd animal. She completely <laughs> does what the rest of the herd wants to do. She's our muscle. She is. It's the trump card. I love that. <laughs> such a tiny horse with such potent ability. I always try to get into Daniel's mindscape whenever we enter the world of the lost for any particular reason. Because I know Daniel's a huge fan of surrealist art, really abstract pieces. That's something he leans into especially a lot for the world of the lost. I'm just trying to think of all of the stuff I know he looks at. Where the hell he came up with Monster Recording Studio with lungs. Maybe he just watched Monster House. <laughs> he did not. I live with him, so I would notice. <laughs> I also am questioning the significance of the material of each piece, because so far they've all been precious stones or metals, or at least semi-precious. We've had jade, gold, rose gold rather, and then silver. The master itself is not very rock-oriented, not very gemstone. They're, they're, they're gloppy and purple. Soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they lost all the hard concrete things about themselves. That's true. <laughs> to stand out in contrast to most people we will see in these worlds probably who are you know gushy and organic like show off like yes this has the structure of an organ but it is not quite the same yeah i don't know but like what percentage of that organ's nature is leaking into all of these subworlds? because in the past places we've been the mannequins weren't like lined with gold the animals were arrested with silver but why were the body parts of the weird house jade in this case yeah. So jade is porous, right? I know that it can grow mold if you leave it alone yeah. and you don't clean it. I'm fairly certain. There's also something about the lungs. You think about interacting with the outside world. The heart feels like you're tr you're hopefully mostly dealing with your own closed system of the blood, but you're very explicitly taking in something from the outside all of the time with the lungs. Yeah. So maybe there's, there's some element of that. They're also giving it back, too. Yeah. I guess there's ostensibly that with the stomach, but we're going more for the wild animal theme there. Yeah. Typically, the stomach is like a one-way trip during your alimentary canal, but the lungs go back and forth. What have we got left? A spine and what's the last one? Brain. I wonder where we're going to find those. Brain's going to be if we've already used rose gold on the heart. We've left metals and now we have stones, so it wouldn't shock me if it was like ruby or sapphire or... Or diamond, that's the most expensive stone in Minecraft, so. <laughs> in a lot of games, usually, because yeah. of the horrible way we've done shit with diamonds in our world. Thank you, diverse family. Yeah. Ugh. It may not be something semi-precious or above, it might be something else, like agate, or... I think titanium would be pretty cool yeah. for a spine. Onyx, something, yeah, titanium's a good one. Steel for the brain would also be kind of funny. Oh, yeah, his mind is a steel trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coral. Coral? 
Pearl. <laughs> Pearl. <laughs> I don't know how Siri would feel about that. <laughs> Thoughts could come from a bug inside of the brain. <laughs> we have to think the last two World of the Lost segments are related to Pony and to Smog. And I think those might have a little bit to do with what the precious material those things are related to. Now, as far as the brain and the spine, I don't know which one is going to be which there. I kind of think Smog is the spine because he always struck me as the most clever of the group, like the most trickstery. Trying but wouldn't to- that be really good for a brain? Yeah. Wouldn't someone who had a lot of courage be someone very good for a spine? That's what I was saying. I was thinking Pony would be the spine because of their like steadfast attitude. I can agree with that. But it could also be like more a, a dig at the characters and like something they're lacking. I think there's a certain aspect to Smog that's somewhat cowardly. Like, wouldn't just out and out face the group he was with in his original world. He snuck behind people's backs yeah. at the start of this game. And as much as we love ponies, she can be a little airbrained sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good point, because uh, Sirius was the stomach and her world was starving. So, <laughs> uh, Tao with the lungs, and then Athenos with the heart. Then what does Geyser get? Geyser is the world of the lost, as far yeah. as we're aware. So I guess the master. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the rest of the master's body, the goo. Gross. I mean, they are an imaginary friend, so they lack a, a body and ostensibly a will of their own. Yeah. It's real sad. It's also interesting to think about how Dan has told us they are the master of the lost because everything there is theirs and related to them. By taking out these body parts that seem to be powering these other little things that shouldn't be happening, we're deactivating that part of the world because it doesn't have that bit of the master to run on anymore. But that's part of the bigger problem because the world of the lost shouldn't exist in the first place. Yeah. The master's like, I don't want to be conscious. I was fine without all of this. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to help me put it back. There's like layers upon layers of problems here. The world of the loss is just an issue. I love it. If it wasn't so horrendous, I would live there, but I think that's maybe why I want to. <laughs> I mean, Teddy Valentine lives there, and he seems pretty cool. That's fair. I don't know what to make of them. I know a series does not like them, but me personally, I fail to see what they get from their arrangement, other than, I guess, companionship. But is the master a decent companion? I think to an extent, the party is supposed to be their companions. That, that's what they get out of the deal, is they get to interact with us. Mm, I didn't think of it that way. That's a good point. We're their new little play friends. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you almost had a meltdown when Dan was like, and they come in in an Elvis outfit. Yeah, because he just beat Persona 4, and then like right after he beat it, I played for him dancing. Fucking Teddy Kuma's outfit in... Persona 4 dancing is the fucking Elvis outfit. <laughs> I was like, Dan, and he was like, oh shit, I completely forgot. <laughs> I was like, bullshit. Yeah, Geyser was very upset with Teddy because they tried to explain what was going on again, but it was not making any sense to Geyser. Which is funny because ostensibly this world is for Geyser. Like this should be the most familiar place for her because of how strange it is but i think she enjoys having in relationship to her a world full of straight men to fuck with yeah and it could also be that she spent enough time in conglom which is reality fused with the imaginary world in certain places that she understands reality a bit more and she's had more context for it than she has in the imaginary world in the way d has described 
Geyser's home world. It doesn't seem to me Geyser wants to go back to just the imaginary world. Yeah, that would imply that she's dependent on being imagined again yeah. instead of existing as her own person, which seems to be a goal for her, even if she's not always actively chasing it. Always in the back burners, so... I wonder if it's like a roundabout scheme to get enough power and resources to get exactly what she wants. Oh, I should mention that because we're in the world of the lost, Alexander Omega is back with us. Smog is there with a little spider bot who has a more chipper robotic voice and has his normal voice there. Spider buddy! That was fun because when Asiri went to go investigate, Smog's like, I'm gonna go. And the little spider buddy hung out with everybody else. Shared information with their strange bond through the Lassie powers. And I'm proud of Daniel. He managed to do something which everyone has struggled to do yet, which is make a Siri mad enough to start attacking things. <laughs> and the way I rationalize that is it triggered her prey response, which is very hard to do, but not impossible because she's not full size. So things will still fuck with her. But this thing was fucking with her, so she was gonna go back at it, and she just takes, like, a chomp out of the fucking foam, and it chomps back <laughs> at her. So she goes into one of the recording booths as far away from the rest of the party as possible so they don't get caught in the crossfire. And she's like, okay, close the door. If this place is whatever you guys have described as a recording studio, I don't know what that means, but it sounds like a place where I can sit. So she sings, and she just runs up some scales invisibly to us. This thing pierces and, like, stabs at her throat and, like, stops the words from coming out of her mouth. That's terrifying. And the series was the only one who pushed it that far. Everybody else was very trepidatious, mostly because Asiri figured out very quickly that making sound would be a bad idea, and everybody seemed to trust her with that. But she just got very annoyed and pushed it herself. Yeah. She's very frustrated. She's trying to understand what is going on here, because A, it's a foreign environment, which is what she's been dealing with this entire time. But B, it's acting like something she does know, which is a predator. So she's trying to get these two things to fit in the Venn diagram, and she just can't get it. So she was just getting frustrated, and she knows she's being teased with. So she was going to retaliate. It was very helpful for Smog, because I think I did a, like two or three deep dives there, and seeing as Siri hurt it made him realize it could be hurt. So you just need to do enough fighting against it, but it always seemed to fight back. My idea at the end was, well, what if I just use my handy new ultimate form and smash it really hard? And, <laughs> it? and then we were like, oh, wait, we could just steal the lungs out of it with a strict subdue. Because Tao found a back closet with the lungs inside of it, dangling from the ceiling and breathing and dripping. Mm -hmm. I think we made a bunch of uvula jokes. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> just dangling and dripping in the room. <laughs> There's acting like a mouth because it had a bunch of teeth, but it's lungs. It's lungs. Lungs don't have teeth, guys. If your lungs have teeth, please see a <laughs> medical professional. Oh no. It's like the whole mouth system. The mouth and the throat and the lungs. Everything you need to breathe. No, you don't need teeth to breathe. Condensed <laughs> 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 into one area. Like, it was abstracted into just the essentials. This thing had a body, though, because after we reconfiscated the lungs, there were, like, weird contorted legs out in the hallway, and Siri peered through and pulled out some teeth from this thing. Yeah, Dan was hesitating a lot because he didn't want to say the word spider, <laughs> but then he just said it, and I was like, okay, I kind of understand what you're going for. He wanted the, like, long, spindly legs and the, some sort of mass in the center. 
that idea to be conveyed, but not necessarily be like specifically eight legs and everything else you think about with the spider. Yeah, and then Zach had this galaxy brain moment where they're like, oh, the entire building is laid out like a set of lungs. I don't know if that's intentional or what Dan was going for, but I kind of like that artistically. <laughs> Each of these places taking the shape of whatever organ that they're composited of. That'd be interesting if we think about that area being powered by them. They, they have to start forming into that shape too. I wonder if we took an aerial view of the feudal city or whatever, if we would see a heart shape. That's not impossible. I could totally see how that works. And I, like the clearing in the forest where we were could be very like stomach shaped for the world of spirits. We're a little lost. Siri did also have an interaction where she was trying to like pull at the green things in her periphery and got a cut on her hand. Yeah, she tried to bring all of the attention onto her so that she could do her best to restrain, thinking it was either individual things still moving around her rather than the entire building being the creature. She's like, okay, let me subdue you. And she attacks one of the limbs, a nondescript limb, razor sharp, sliced through her hand the entire way as she was trying to grab it. I think that blow was the most damaging thing that anyone in the party has experienced up until this point. That put me at three harm, which is oh very precarious. Yep. That's why everybody was scrambling over themselves to heal the Siri throughout that. <laughs> I think, oh no, she's going to go down. That would have been so sad, you being so close to getting a new playbook too. My baby, no. <laughs> but thankfully Geyser came in with a magical bouncy ball, question mark? I don't know how a bouncy ball can heal you, but I'm here for Geyser's ingenuity. At one point, Pony was able to heal people with a sword coming out of her head, so I guess it takes all kinds. That's true. But at least that's like a trope. <laughs> well, the bouncy ball, it makes me think of... Magic Tavern has this recurring bit, I don't think they've done it in a while, where they have a healing rock, but they also have a bunch of other magical rocks that you can toss at people to do other things, and they can't figure out which one is the healing rock, so they just keep tossing the rock at everybody <laughs> until they're healed. I love that. And it has its own special sound effect that goes with it. It's beautiful. I feel like what we haven't done yet... Well, maybe... No, Smog did, did do this, um, which I think is, having never played Overwatch, very Overwatch, where you shoot heals... Mm-hmm. Or like have a big blast out of the gun to heal people. So yeah, we've covered all of the silly hurt to heal yeah. tropes. Uh, just a funny moment when we were first getting into the head office that had the headphones. Smog was the first one to look at them. So it's trying to reason out like, wait, these are headphones probably for a human. Smog's going to have to like hold one up to his ear because it's not going to fit quite right to hear everything. Does Smog have custom rabbit-shaped headphones? I feel like as advanced as Magitech is supposed to be in Smog's world, it's probably more something like a device, like a, a necklace or something, that uses ether to produce the sound waves like locally in your ear very quiet. I mean, you could have just gave him like AirPods or something that just no. <laughs> right inside. No. <laughs> there are enough different sapient races in Final Fantasy that doesn't make sense for them to not abuse magic to try to make specific headsets for all different types of people wouldn't work out. <laughs> That's fair. What Teddy said upon coming into this place was interesting to me. Oh, you guys already got it. I don't have the opportunity to give you a tour of the place. Are they supposed to be giving us tours of these weird lost structures? They did come in to help us the first time. 
That's true, but they explained literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that also goes along with my idea of their reward is supposed to be interacting with us, so they're very sad that they don't get to spend as much time with us. I guess, but if you want to interact, then interact. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to. They rushed over here. We, we came in by surprise. They couldn't find a way in. It was locked. That's true. But, like, more importantly, what the hell would they have had to say about it? Like, oh, here we are, monster recording studio. Watch your step and shut up. Like, <laughs> Teddy would have died for our sins being so loud. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in all, I think we said a pretty quick goodbye to Teddy. We got to see what's happening in Tao's world. They seem to be building very quickly. Not 100% cemented on everything yet i'm sure everything that we see so far is subject to change but yeah there's like a lot of hallways and doors that we haven't been through and we come in through a theater and then we exit through the set to star trek (laughs) (laughs) tau did ask the squad to not look into some specific doors yet and i'm kind of thinking later on he'll open up and let us in and that's a sign of friendship oh that's delightful Maybe they're already working on the pathways back to our world. These will be what finally get you back home. I love that. (laughs) That's a possibility. I want to know how Tao perceives their world, if that makes sense. How vast is it? How how does it expand? Like, what is the level of control? Probably ultimate control, really. But what level of detail are they concerned about? It wouldn't be surprising to me if they viewed it as code considering sensibly what they're made out of and that also goes along with one of the games that tau is originally based on making a digital world and trapping people in it hopefully we won't be trapped in there no i doubt it but it's always a possibility it's explicitly made to connect to other places so the opposite of trapped forced out (laughs) get out (laughs) (laughs) leave you've been here long enough now go yeah tau made a, a statement that was like I'm sorry, it's not quite done yet. And we felt very removed from it because it had been a couple weeks. We had a week where we didn't meet. But as Smoggy pointed out, like, it's been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you've barely been in here and you've already put all this together. You're fine. Yeah, calm down. You're doing a great job, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> You're winning, son. <laughs> Vape machine hanging out of Smog's mouth. Are you winning, son? <laughs> <laughs> But as we return to Sequence Charter, we get new Tao again, and it's Hawaiian Punch Dad Tao. (laughs) He has impeccable fashion sense. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm not, like, criticizing. That is affectionate. (laughs) Basically the same as the original Tao that we left in their own world, but now with a Hawaiian shirt. So completing the beach look. Hell yeah. God, I hope they have, like, crazy sunglasses. I just realized, um, after coming out of the World of the Lost, probably everybody had their beach clothes again, and absolutely no one seemed to care. Sequence Charter is, like, a beach party when it's not militarized. (laughs) I don't think they would notice, really. Also, Smog did change back, but he was the only one. We come back to Sequence Charter in Clam's karaoke bar, leaving from the bathroom all at once. Zach's idea was like, of course, the Tao that is now from Sequence Charter would be in the karaoke bar. I can't remember who decided we would be exiting from the bathroom. Because it was funny, whoever suggested it. It was pretty funny. It was right. I think it was D, actually. 
Was it? I don't remember. <laughs> She's like, Geyser needs to cause the worst stink possible from the bathroom. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it worked because the bartender was like, hey, you're not allowed in here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and Geyser has the audacity to argue the point <laughs> after causing wanton destruction and chaos. Got the drunk fan that we saw in the bar last time to get on her side, who I guess ended up being named Jon Snow because we didn't want to go with Jon Doe. And Dan is now like, he looks exactly like Game of Thrones Jon Snow. And is drinking an ale in this future sci-fi bar. Wearing the cloak and everything. (laughs) They even have wheat on this planet? Hops? How are you making beer? I mean, they're trading with the world of spirit now. That's true. That seems like a short turnaround for beer. <laughs> it's been over a month. What, a month and two weeks or something? Yeah. That doesn't seem too bad for introducing beer. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Do you think people in the world of spirit are drinking Psycho Glass yet? I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what a drunk Uanzu people would be like. Do they maintain control of their form? Do they just, like, shift back and forth rapidly? I have questions. I don't want to know, though. <laughs> I'm scared. I have questions. Please do not answer them. Yeah. Smog, bless his heart, has the bright idea to be like, all right, Torrid, please get us out of here before Geyser escalates this any further. And Torrid's like, you got away in line, bud. <laughs> well, that was kind of what I was thinking, but... If Smog really cared that much, he could have just made his own dark portal to get out of there. He was willing to let the drama go on, obviously. <laughs> okay, so what level of drama is Smog and what level is Alexander? Because I feel like neither are innocent here, but I want to know who's guiltier. <laughs> <laughs> who's guiltier of just letting the drama go on? Yeah. I mean, I think they, they like having something to talk about. <laughs> in Smog's brain space, so it's a a group effort. (laughs) God, I want to know what those conversations are like. (laughs) One of the worst things you can do to someone in a role-playing game is make them talk to themselves. Yes. It is, but it's also fun, for me at least. It is so funny. God, y'all made me talk to myself so much in Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) It's your fault for having such a complex mystery. Oh. <laughs> Listen. And like four factions to deal with. We eventually leave the bar and we head back to Sierra's Marine Biology Center. And Sierra's just like dead tired and like plops into the tank. And Sierra himself is off giving a lecture because ostensibly he's like a professor or a director of some educational program here. And guys are just like, Nah, dude, I'm just going to go up to the front of the class that I'm not supposed to be in and ask a direct question about a crab that's probably like three feet away from where we portaled. <laughs> Absolutely no care for what was going on in the class. And <laughs> he just stops the class to talk to her, like holds up a weight hand. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Didn't seem annoyed by it. I think understands that Geyser needs some leeway in social situations. I love the energy D gives to Geyser. 100% of the time. There's, like, no chill, but constantly, like, chill vibes, if that makes sense. It's very childlike. She's interested in what she's interested in, and she wants to talk about that and make sure that happens. And if someone else mentions something that she doesn't quite understand, she's either aggressively trying to make herself understand it or completely uninterested. Can I just say that I'm mad at you, Alex? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming your context for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are all rushing to heal a Siri. So before we left the world of the loss, because we're trying to see if maybe we didn't want to go back to sequence charter, we could just heal up a Siri, or if a Siri just really wanted to rest. I was like, well, I do have the ultimate form move that can heal someone. Another benefit of that move is that you can transfer your marked experience to another player character. So it's like, I know a series really close. It would be really funny to have this moment with Alexander that might help frame things, even though I don't know where a series going, where I transfer four of the five remaining experience <laughs> that a series needs. So basically, she would probably change either this session or the next. And so he was like, no, I would rather not have that. Let's go back to sequence shorter. It was so hard because I don't think it was an ultimatum per se, but you gave me a very hard choice. I would love to take A, the healing, and B, the experience. Don't get me wrong. But also, it changes a series motivation in that moment. And I was like, that doesn't feel right to me. We've been going at the World of Song head on for what, like four or five sessions now? It feels right to take a break. And not that I was planning on taking so much damage this session. I was just a byproduct of the World of the Lost. But I was like, hey, now's a good time to go back and sort of resettle everything, clear our heads away from the ultra competition, and take a breather and it's like reorganize shit. And then you're like, oh, I can like Omega heal you and level you up the session. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you have gone in the face of everything I have planned. <laughs> all of my schemes, <laughs> all of my dark whims. And <laughs> And I literally went to take a five-minute break while I was, like, literally ranting to Dan about all of the pros and cons about it. <laughs> he was just sitting there on the couch like, mm-hmm, yep, we talked about this for, like, four months now. <laughs> I'm like, god damn it, the devil is a bastard and he's a rabbit. <laughs> It's okay, I'll be able to, when someone else takes massive damage, you need to step in for them, dump a bunch of experience on them. Here you go. <laughs> Plunk it down. Witness the light of Alexander. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's okay. This works out for me because it actually sort of plays a little bit better into what I've been talking to Dan about. Hopefully, now that the series is still somewhat prone, I think we ended the session and I had one damage left, but that's okay for what Dan and I have been talking about. So I think that puts me in a good position going forward here. Rest assured, it is very soon. <laughs> it is coming. <laughs> Be prepared. Get ready to hear a series playlist episode. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I do like that since I turned you down earlier at the end here, we did get a nice scene with Assyrian Smog just sort of talking about what the fuck is going on right now. Because they haven't really had a chance to like reconnect in a minute. So it was very refreshing to get... Somewhat on the same page. I don't know if they'll ever be on the perfectly same page, but at least we're in the same chapter. It's so funny that a series been trying to hide <laughs> the little changes that are happening to her and also admitting that she doesn't understand them. And Swan's like, well, I don't understand them either because, you know, the whole <laughs> fuck in the head memory thing. <laughs> but I know that something is happening to you and you just need to embrace it. But she's like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Because from her perspective, mystical powers, the summoning of the dolphin, like the black ooze that's been like leaking out of her. She has rationalized it in her fish brain to be one of two things. One, she's either tapped into powers that are taboo because nobody's told her about this and she's <laughs> inducted into the mysteries of her people and their religion. So if she doesn't know about it, then that's probably a bad sign or something about 
the transfer in coming here and the exposure to all these new places has corrupted her in some way. And that's terrifying. That's so interesting because like your character is the light. So it's so easy to see like any small fall from grace as completely losing it. Yeah. But I don't think any of the other player characters feel that way. <laughs> Everyone feels better for what's happened so far. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> A series a little bit of a perfectionist, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she walks a very fragile line. She's trying to do the best she possibly can for everybody. And if she's becoming the problem in the equation, she's already removed herself from it. Like before she got warped in the sequence charter on the very first session, she was running away from her people because she thought she fucked up. She was prepared to go into self-imposed exile for damn sake. Like... <laughs> You're right, every misstep is a fall for grace for her in her brain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to make mistakes to get anywhere. That's true. That's how you learn anything. Especially in a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait for her to fall flat on her face. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Where's Pony sitting right now as far as experience and all that jazz? I, if I've counted my experience right, I have six to go until I level up. I just don't know what playbook. I want to do after Knucklehead. I'm kind of thinking maybe academic because if like Pony is learning, okay, I'm not a unicorn, but I am able to learn magic. So I have to teach myself magic rather than it being innate. And also like maybe if she really does learn how to read. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we need to give Pony like a sweet ass spell book. Yeah, I think it's funny if Pony starts having access to arcane secrets, too, because that's what part of that playbook is. There are things that she knows that she does not tell to other people because she's so proud about it. And that would be, like, really great to play off with with Smog, who was basically her first teacher and who also likes to have secrets. <laughs> Just have a little mysterious club. <laughs> Mystery club? Oh, a series going to join that. <laughs> <laughs> You have a lot of options, Carolyn, so... I know. I need to sit down and make time and think about it. Yeah, it really depends on Pony's attitude towards it, I guess. Dan also loves to talk about this stuff. So if if you just want to shoot Dan a message, be like, here's where I'm thinking of taking Pony. Do you have any ideas for like what playbook we could move to? I'm sure he would shoot you back some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's t- stuck with me, so <laughs> he, he's subjected to this. At least 18 hours a day, but <laughs> I'm sure he'd love a break from me talking. <laughs> the culmination of that final conversation with Assyrian Smog was Smog healing her with reverse time magic, which may be more painful than traditional healing methods. Yeah, because if it's reversed, don't you still feel the pain from when it happened? But really fast. Absolutely. I'm of the mind that most healing magics are painful in some way as well. Either they like burn or sting in a way. I always thought about it like, and maybe because of the types of games I play that have healing magic or whatever, that it would be like a warm feeling from wherever it's starting to wherever it ends. Like it's just a comfort and that it's done. But I can understand if you're, especially coming from like vampire and horror stuff, where you feel like <laughs> even healing has to hurt. <laughs> Wow, that's totally not edgelord behavior. Um, That's not what I was implying. No, it was like a while ago I read some prompt or like a write-up or something that was like, maybe the reason healers in fantasy use bright lights and like glitter and glowing stuff is to distract you from what's actually going on. 
It's like really horrifying. And I kind of fell in love with that. (laughs) That would absolutely work on Pony, distracting her with a shiny light while you like pick her hooves or heal her or something. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just reminded of... (laughs) I saw this video where they put like a baby in a little cone to give it vaccinations or something. Oh, the baby cone! Baby Twitchkin! It's like, just anything you could do to keep the subject restrained so that you may administer the medicine. Correct. My god, that baby looked like a huge sausage trying to bust out of the tube. (laughs) (laughs) It was so squished! (laughs) What would y'all have done differently? If anything at all? Just to see what would have happened, maybe I could have had Pony talk and blow her cover and also get attacked in the house. That would have been funny. That would have been in character. A lot of good opportunities for Pony to act in combat, too. I kind of wish I'd stepped back a little bit in the world of Lost, because I wanted to recently like let people take charge a little bit more, but I was too excited by the possibility of using some of my new moves. It's like, ooh, I can do this and that. <laughs> I don't mind how things resolved, but I feel like Smog didn't necessarily have to be the person to do some of the things. I think Smog should have done more. <laughs> more things. More things. Smog should have been singing. Yeah. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Smog's a screamer. It's like, so you think you want to buy this sucker ball? <laughs> Actually, I would pay money for you to do an entire session. Is it screaming? Yeah, screaming. No. It would be murder. I would be trained that my vocal cords don't bleed (laughs) it's hard yeah i don't know if i would have done anything differently i almost want to say be more aggressive but i feel like i would be dead if i had done (laughs) yeah you would have filled your arm yeah i would have been hella dead it was fun to play a siri a little bit more aggressively than i typically do but she was scared i think it makes sense maybe i'm still tempted by the promise of four experience points like maybe i should have done that differently but i'm okay with (laughs) (laughs) gonna leave you thinking about that one forever we're gonna talk about it (laughs) in the finale episode it's okay i have a metric ton of links and a metric ton of lock links so if i wanted to power level for next session i can it's not an issue Just won't be in the context of Alexander coming to dump experience. Yeah, there's definitely one that I'm going to have to spend before I change books. That link has to go for any of this to make any sense. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) It's been so fun having that Time Heals All Wounds move. That's how Smog helped heal a Siri. You have to console a friend with a story from your home time. And if you get a 10 plus, you can lock a link. It does not have to be the link with that character. So I can lock any links. It's been fun being like, what random link do I want to lock that I probably won't even see this person again? <laughs> so like I have Sydney from Smog's World and Charlene from Smog's World locked now. And those are links I've had from the start and just haven't spent. Mm-hmm. It's very funny to have them, even though you've not seen those characters at all. It's okay. <laughs> I still have all of my pre-game characters still. Let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Carolyn? Pony's next step for next session is to get in training round two with Tara. 
I don't have social media, but if you are so inclined, you can scream into the void to hear me or perhaps check out your local Magic the Gathering tournament. I've started going to those. What about you, Alex? It's been very fun to play with Smog changing to different Final Fantasy classes. This time I got to be a ninja while hiding and go thief mode to steal the lungs. So look out for more of that stuff later. Maybe I'll be like a blue mage or something and drop some random enemy skill like 10,000 needles. You can find me on Twitter at Shining Crobat. It was very hard to think of what to share this week because, as a lot of people are, I've been completely embedded in Legend of Zelda, and you don't need me to tell you about that. So Ricky Montgomery released a new single this week, and I fucking love it. I think the genre was something like bedroom rock I saw listed on Wikipedia. It's hard for me to describe. He's a singer-songwriter, reached popularity pretty recently, I think in 2020. Wikipedia also said he mentioned people probably latched onto that because they were going through their own trauma and the songs that got big were about his trauma. He should have a new album out by the time this episode releases, I think. If not, there will be a bunch of new singles from that album probably. So check it out. I've been listening to this guy for a while and it's nice to see him be recognized. And for myself, I'm just very excited. Finally, somebody accepted one of a series teeth. Thank you, Smok. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me sinking deeper, deeper down into the darkness, spiraling into the madness. Keep searching. I'm there, looking right back at you. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP. Except Instagram, which is at Resolve Afterplay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at LakeSmithGames.com. All links will be included in the episode description. Thank you again for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in your game. <laughs>